Welcome to Mind Pilot. This is Dr. Jana Price Sharps, and I am here again with Dr. Matthew Sharps, and we're going to talk about changing the script. And so on a previous podcast, Dr. Sharps discussed what scripts were. So I'm going to have him reintroduce the topic and we will get started. So would you introduce yourself, Dr. Sharps, and then explain what a script is, please? Yeah, I'm Professor Matthew Sharps. I mainly work in cognitive psychology, which is a study of thinking, memory, and language, and also in the world of forensic cognitive science, which has a lot to do with first responders. We're talking about the concept of scripts. This goes back uh, to a great degree to a work in cognitive science by two psychologists named Shank and Abelson. The basic concept of a script is a routine by which we tend to live our lives. Now, the philosopher David Hume brought this up a long time ago, that the fact is we do a lot of things on automatic. If you think about trying to drive a car while thinking consciously about everything you're doing, it'll be a disaster. You have to function to some degree on automatic, and the brain has structures that allow you to do that. But a script is where we are really applying those same automatic things to the way we function in the world behaviorally, the way we think, the way we remember. And that can uh, be beneficial in some sense, and also it can be harmful in others. Thank you very much. And so how does that apply to our everyday lives as far as our happiness and our over, uh, overwhelming well-being? How does that apply? Well, if you think about the nature of automatic functioning, you do a lot of stuff that you simply don't think about, and you have a lot of things, a lot of ideas, almost if you think about computers, almost subroutines running all the time. An example I always use is, okay, most people listening to this can't possibly remember what they had for breakfast six weeks ago on Tuesday, right? But they know on that day they got out of bed before they had breakfast. That's a script. It's a habit, uh, in this case a physical habit, but also a habit of mind. And you think about all the stuff that teaches you having that habit of mind, okay? Here, for example, is a person who um, had breakfast, uh, his breakfast every day before he gets out of bed. Well, is he rich or poor? Almost everybody guesses rich. Even if they've never met somebody who has a butler, it's pretty obvious somebody's bringing him his breakfast in bed, right? I suppose you say, well, here's a guy who had a breakfast in bed today, but he's poor. Is he sick or well? Almost everybody says sick. And the point here is you don't have to be taught that stuff. You come to those conclusions by these automatic subroutines, these scripts that are running in your mind. Now, if the script in your mind, maybe it was installed by your parents or something, is that I'm stupid, I'll never be able to succeed, I'll never be able to get anything right, well, you're going to start behaving that way automatically. And that may start you focusing on, oh my gosh, I am so horrible, which means you don't notice what you're doing on the job or you know what, whatever the situation is. So you start dropping things or you start screwing things up. And then somebody says, oh my gosh, you screwed things up. And now you're going, something in your mind is going, see, I really am stupid. And this, this gets to a concept we call positive feedback. We borrow the term from engineering and it doesn't mean there's anything good about it necessarily. Positive feedback is any process that contributes to itself. And so if I see myself automatically as stupid and then that distracts me from 
performing well, and oh my gosh, see how I performed poorly there? Well, now I reinforce that belief in myself. And the people around me who may be saying, see, you screwed up, ha, 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 these, all these processes come together until I'm starting to feel terrible. Now, the opposite would be um, to feel good about yourself, to be pursuing happiness actively, to be doing that without really um, an automatic undercurrent, because eventually those habits of mind will become automatic on their own. So whatever somebody is doing on a regular basis is going to either feed into a script that is healthy or feed into a script that is very unhealthy when we're talking about relationships, not necessarily um, whether or not you park the car right or not. But when we're looking at relationships, people often fall into scripts. I've worked with couples who they've had the same fight for 10 years. They've never got it resolved. They both get very angry. They leave the argument, and then they don't talk about it again until they have another argument. Would you call that a script? You could. You certainly say scripts are involved. I think that's a fair statement because as you go through life, right, your own thinking patterns, your habits of mind will influence your behavior. And we also want to remember that so will the reactions of the people around you. And so will the, not just their reactions, but their actions. If they start to see uh, you in a certain light and they always treat you in those ways, that'll become part of the automatic aspects of your life. And yeah, I think I think you can legitimately say, yeah, these are these are good examples of scripting and scripting and scripted behaviors. So if everyone expects the first responder when they get home to be mad, then I what I have seen is they walk through the door and maybe they aren't even mad at all. Maybe they're thinking about the day, maybe they're thinking about pizza, who knows? But if there is an expectation or a script that dad is always mad or the first responder is always mad uh, and that person walks through the door and they start asking the first responder, are you mad? And the first responder says, no, I'm not mad. And they say, no, I think you're mad. I've known you for a long time. You're mad. And the first responder says, no, I'm not mad. And this goes back and forth until the first responder says, I'm not mad. And then the other person says, see, I told you you were mad. You know, and so they're falling into those old behaviors. And rather than the person who is the first responder saying, I'm not sure what's going on, but I really am not mad. But you know what? I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to come back out. Maybe we can start this over because I really had a good day and I walked in and I was in a good mood. So I'm not sure if you had a bad day or you were expecting me to be mad, but they fell back into that old pattern because maybe they have walked through that door on a regular basis, really amped up from the job. On the other hand, the significant other, if that first responder does come in and they could say, how was your day? Rather than making an assumption or trying to mind read, those are called cognitive distortions. They could say, how was your day? And then if that person said, I had a, I had a good day or I had a fine day, then don't try and mind read it. Go, okay, well, you know, dinner will be ready or whatever is going to happen next, right? Rather than making assumptions, because assumptions, what I have found, those cognitive distortions lead people back to old scripted behavior. And so you might want to ask yourself if this is, if this sounds 
very familiar to you is take take that step back and go, huh, I wonder how we could change this script. I wonder how we could change what happens when I come home or how could we change this when my significant other comes home? What is something that we could shift that will take us out of that old script? Because that old script is going to lead to nothing but fights. And now everybody is tense that night. They may wake up the next morning. Now they're still tense. Now they try and talk talk about it. They get in an argument. Then they shut it down. Now they don't talk for a day or they're sniping with each other all day, you know, and, and so nobody gets to enjoy the time together, the family life, and the first responder doesn't get to enjoy his or her time off. You know, so questioning those scripts is really very important. What would you say to that, Dr. Sharps? Yeah, I think that's critically important because the only way you can really deal with the negative aspects of automaticity is through conscious awareness. Okay, if you think about first responders in the various fields, um, a lot of what they do is pretty grim and they're going to come home if they're not thinking about it, probably with the same habits of mind they have in the field, which means you have a fairly grim uh, expression. If you you don't spend a lot of time smiling at everybody, if you're a police officer, do you? It's, it's not it's not not part not part of the way you have to function in the world. Well, if you still got that command presence when you come through the door and you look pretty grim, now you have a script, right? That you have specific problems. And your family has a script that they have specific problems too. Now, your spouse's specific problem may be that he or she feels terribly, terribly overwhelmed because they don't have the right wrapping paper for the presents. Okay? Now, your problem was finding the head in a chainsaw murder. There's a certain difference there that is going to cause some very significant problems if you're not actually communicating about what you see as a problem. And obviously, uh, whether or not one, one set of suppositions is right or wrong is not really the issue. It's more about what's right or wrong in a given context. But without a conscious awareness as you're coming through the door, I know one thing you've talked about a great deal <clears throat> is for the first responder make to make physical changes. For example, you come in off the street, maybe you take off the gun and badge. You've certainly taken off the protective clothing in the fire service, but you may take off your uniform, put on civilian clothes. As you said, take the shower, make a conscious transition from first responder to family member. It's also helpful if the family, lots of first responders don't tell the family a lot of what happens out there in the field for obvious reasons. But if the family can start to recognize that the nature of problems varies in their scope across the different contexts. But the only way to get at that, and this is, it's very hackneyed, it's very, you know, very, 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 uh, very uh, stereotyped, but the communication is absolutely crucial. But not just communication of, oh, these are my feelings, let me feel at you for 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to feel at you for 20 minutes, okay? No, no, no. Specific information. What exactly is happening here and why? And once you're doing that, you also start to make a more, a greater degree, I think, of conscious awareness in your own mind of what your own actions are. Absolutely. If you think for just a moment, no matter what kind of work you do, if you're in any kind of first respond, for, sorry, first responder uh, employment, or if you've uh, been a combat vet, think about how you are at work. When you're deploying or when you're going out on a call or when you're, you know, getting ready for a call, how are you talking to your colleagues? My guess is, isn't it, it isn't something like, oh, Sid, do you mind 
picking that up and bringing that along, it's usually shouting orders. It's usually command presence and command voice and very rapid fire. And you're not really thinking about people's uh, feelings as somebody's trying to shoot you or the fire is overwhelming, you know, where the ground is. And, you know, so you, you don't take a step back and worry about your tone of voice. At home, it's a totally different thing. So when you think about how many hours you've worked as a firefighter or as a police officer or as an ambulance driver or as a combat vet, how many hours have you done that versus how many hours have you been a significant other, a spouse, a mom, a dad, you know, and you'll find that you've spent a lot more time communicating, again, those scripts You've spent a lot more time communicating in a very direct, very often sarcastic, very command presence way. And so changing that script up when you come home and being very cognizant of how you're talking to your family will make a huge difference. Because if your family starts wanting to be around you, your life gets better. And when your life gets better, home is better but so is work. And you'll find that your system starts to cool down and the quality of your life is much better. I hope this is helpful. Thank you for joining us. This is Dr. Janet Price-Sharps on Mind Pilot. Please join us again.